When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. ES Audio. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Rachel Abbott and this is The Leader. Today we're giving you some bonus content taken from our business show, How to Be a CEO. An opportunity to hear from the most powerful people behind some of the world's biggest brands. This is a cut down version of the full episode. To hear the full thing, hit the link in the show notes. Find a new episode of How to Be a CEO every Monday morning. And why not give it a rate and follow whilst you're there? Now, let's begin. Some of the best-known brands in the world may seem like they've always been there, but even those names that appear traditional now were once disruptors. I was talking about Johnny Walker creating blended whiskey. He also created a square bottle because it was easier to transport. You know, it was he was disrupting himself and he was disrupting the market. Katerina von Frank is an SVP at Diageo and sits on the UK board of the company that owns Johnny Walker, Guinness, Smirnoff, Bailey's, the list goes on. And as channel growth director, it's her job to make sure those brands don't just survive, but thrive. And that means constant innovation, sometimes in spaces where history matters. It's important to, again, you know, obviously to have the consumer at the heart, but then also to look at your heritage and to look at what inspired you and, and your mission and your purpose and and, and, and try to, to, to move that along, you know, in, in a purposeful way. I'm David Marsden from the Evening Standard and Diageo itself is going through some changes in the UK. They've just opened a new office in London's Soho, right at the heart of the capital's hospitality industry. It should have happened last year, but pandemic. And it's in that new HQ that we're meeting Katerina. How exciting is it to step into a new building like this, a new HQ for Diageo? So it's obviously incredibly exciting. And I just, you know, cast my mind back to a month ago and it felt like I've been with the company for 10 years. It felt like starting school on my first day, packing my bag and, you know, just thinking about what I needed to to take. But then also we're in Great Marlborough Street, just opposite Carnaby in the heart of Soho, just walking towards our office and seeing the hospitality industry. And I remember there were some kegs of Guinness being delivered. <laughs> Somebody else is getting 
getting their condiment trays ready, you know, for the day. And I think it's so exciting after, you know, the two very difficult years that we've had, getting ready, thriving again. For us, it obviously also means a huge investment into London. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the two investments that we're making throughout this year and next year. We've also got our uh, Guinness Old Brewers Yard, the micro uh, brewery, uh, which is opening in the autumn of next year. So that's a huge 73 million pound investment that we're, that we're investing into London. And it's really recognising, I think, London as the hub of hospitality and pooling our four offices uh, that we previously had around London in, in into one hub at the centre of hospitality, essentially. Yeah, that's a lot of money going into the capital. Why? Why London? Throughout my career, you know, my, my life, I've actually lived in quite a few large cities, um, you know, New York being one, Copenhagen, uh, and also Milan. And, and I just find London is really one of the, if not the centre and heart of soul of hospitality. So if you look at, for example, the world's 50 best bars, which is an award that's given, it's like the Oscars essentially for, um, you know, for, for hospitality, uh, which is given to the world's leading bars. London is, you know, always represented there with some of the key bars there, often taking the first spot. So I encourage everybody who hasn't been, you know, to go to one of those bars. It truly is an amazing experience. There's obviously also London Cocktail Week, so you know at the very top end but also even at the you know at the at the mid-tier I find London really leading from a trend perspective we're not afraid to disrupt in in the industry so you know and us obviously as a leader in beverage alcohol I think it's only natural for us to then be at the heart of that. You're a bit of a brand expert so I can't really have a conversation with you without talking about how to how to grow a brand when you're thinking about maybe smaller companies just starting up what kind of I guess what kind of mistakes do people make when they're trying to grow a brand what sort of things should they be avoiding as well as getting their name out there so I think we talk a lot about standing on the shoulders of giants so if you're ma- if you're mentioning those brands like Guinness for example absolute powerhouse of a brand Johnny Walker absolute powerhouse you know and we've got we've we've got so many with Smirnoff Bailey's you know Tanqueray so I think there's you know a real respect that we try to demonstrate as temporary custodians of of these brands and recognizing the heritage and where they've come from and there's actually an element of I think creativity and also disruption and each of these brands and how they were created. So, for example, you know, if I look at Arthur Guinness, for example, he was making stout at a time where every, everybody else was making, you know, pale beer. He made, you know, a really full-flavoured, strong and dark one. Johnny Walker, for example, he created, you know, his first, essentially at a time when everybody was was doing single malts, he created a first, you know, his first blend. So he wasn't afraid to push the boundaries. And I think what we try to do is embody some of that spirit when we look at, you know, how we extend our brands today. It's obviously got to be driven by the consumer. It's always got to be driven by what the consumer would like, what they perhaps don't know they would like. Uh, but then also just looking at trying to make our brands a, a, a force for good. So as an example of that on Guinness, for example, we have um, a huge association with rugby it's you know where we you know it's where we're consumed it's you know what we what we sponsor however 
there was a stat that really surprised me. Only 4% of media coverage is actually around women's sport, which also historically isn't an area that Guinness has played in. But then when I talk about, you know, our brands being a force for good, that's really something that we've tried to further in terms of expanding our brand. So partnering, for example, with the likes of Wikipedia to look at some key athletes' profiles um, and to make sure that they are verify that they are you know as strong as some of the male athletes profile just to level the playing field likewise you know on twitter just verifying their 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 profiles there so just really pushing our boundaries there in this in this in the same sense that probably arthur guinness would have done you know all that time ago not being afraid and we've obviously got large brands we're looking also always to expand our portfolio so we're, we're purchasing uh, some smaller brands in areas where perhaps we haven't had our strength. We have a huge agenda in uh, low and no alcohol, for example. Yeah. So Seedlip is one of the key acquisitions over the last few years that we're moving into a space that, you know, perhaps as an um, uh, beverage alcohol company, you wouldn't expect us to, um, t- to make a move in. We're looking to reinvent ourselves. We're looking to disrupt. And I think you need to, you need to do that. If you're building a brand, you, you, you have to be a disruptor and you have to be unafraid to disrupt yourself as well. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. You said that you feel like the custodian of a brand uh, and clearly you've done your research into the history of these things was that important to you when you you take over something like Guinness absolutely and I think it's so inspiring to hear the stories of our founders whether they be new founders like for example George Clooney you know with Casamigos and you know how, how that originated or all those years ago with uh, with Johnny Walker and, and, and Arthur Guinness. So if I look at myself as custodian, I see myself as essentially the torchbearer for a for a period of time on that brand. And I want to be true to the brand. I want to reinvent, you know, and I want to think about what, what the people who created those brands would do in this current environment. Do you think just opening this building itself is a symbol? Diaz, you're staying, we're not going away, we can help you. Oh, absolutely. It's it's a huge commitment from our part into the capital, you know, because we 
we're, we're seeing people come back to the office. We're seeing people, you know, really thrive also in, in you know, wanting to go out, go out uh, for after work drinks more so than we had, you know, even a year ago. So we're seeing people come back and really wanting to foster those connections. I'm a big fan of tech and I think it's been, you know, absolutely incredible in terms of enabling some of the flexible working. And I truly embrace that. But I think there's something special about sitting down, having a pint of ice cold Guinness and just being authentic. Presuming you're not offering pints of Guinness at every meeting that you have, but are people coming back to this office? Are they excited to return? Yeah, we, we've had quite a few discussions around this, you know, because we were, I think we were all, we've always enabled very flexible working at Diageo and I think we'd become quite used to it. But if you look at the office and how it's built up, it's really built up with our employees at the very heart. So even in, in the creation of it, employees fed into the process. And if you, you know, take a tour around the office, you can see that there are very many different spaces. So some f- spaces for more formal meetings, there are very informal meetings. We've got two world-class bars as well. So whilst I'm not going to be able to serve a Guinness at every meeting, it does take, you know, it does, it does take some formality, you know, out of, yeah. out of, um, out of the conversation it's great for that we've also got you know a hugely attractive offering then from a wellness perspective we've got um, an exercise and fitness room right on the top floor uh, we've got uh, you know art around the walls we've got some 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 living walls here there's a lot of greenery in the office and just bringing people together I think they've really yearned for that connectivity you know they just pop to the pub on a Thursday <laughs> or they might bring some friends into to some of our bars um, and and that just gives gives me great energy to, you know, come into work every day and do what I do. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.